0: Hi, Voice Teachers. Today's podcast is all about vocal workshops. Slower summer months are challenging for private teachers, so many of us are looking for creative ways to supplement our income. And teaching group lessons or hosting summer camps gives us the opportunity to do that. My special guest on the podcast today is Sarah Campbell. Now, she is a crazy busy private teacher from West Middlesex, Pennsylvania, and she has been running really successful vocal workshops for several years now, and today she's talking all about strategies and advertising and planning and all the things that we have to think about when we're going to host workshop classes. She's got a great freebie. So, you can find that on our podcast page. She's got some great links with lots of inspiration. And she's also part of a really great online course called Group Lessons 101. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. And she's even got a little discount code for any full voice listeners that want to check out the course. It's going to be a fantastic podcast. She's such a wonderful person. And I'm really glad that you could join me today on the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. Resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. So my special guest, all the way from Pennsylvania, via Skype, is Sarah Campbell. Sarah, please say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Sarah Campbell here. (laughs) So Sarah Campbell, uh, we, uh, let's give them a little background here. So we kind of uh, connected online, and uh, uh, you actually invited me to be part of your Facebook forum, which I have to say, uh, the voice teacher community is a resource and a half for voice teachers. So thank you so much for setting that up. Oh, I'm so glad that you're a part of it. I think we have a wonderful little group going on there. We do. I, th- I love people's comments and everybody's so supportive. I think it's wonderful. So today we are talking about, um, we're talking about workshops and vocal workshops. Uh, and uh, first of all, I would love for you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your teaching studio because you've got a really busy, busy teaching studio.
1: Yes, I do. So um, I am now entering my 11th year of teaching. um, And I opened my own studio six years ago. um, And It has gone through so many different stages. Um, I started in like a smaller room with a piano that I inherited from somebody. um, And then I expanded to a larger space two years ago. And last year we made a huge upgrade um, with a grand piano, a Yamaha C. It is my absolute favorite possession in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So you teach uh, piano and voice. I do. I teach piano and voice. Um, My undergraduate degree is actually in vocal performance, but I have played piano and taken lessons since I was five years old. Um, And so it was a natural process for me to do both. Nice. Nice. Now, what age, what ages are you working with in your teaching studio? Right now, um, my youngest is six years old, oh. um, and he is just a joy. He's one of he's actually a piano student. Right. Um, so that's my youngest, and uh, I actually teach several adults who have just recently retired. Um, I teach piano and voice to them, and they are just fabulous. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, that's a growing demographic of people that are coming back to music lessons. I, I enjoy working with them too. In, in addition to being a private music teacher, you started uh, developing. A- and running workshop classes. So, tell us a little bit how, how that got started for you.
1: Okay, so, um, you know, I had to think about this um, in preparing for our talk today. Mm-hmm. Um, my first round of uh, workshops was in 2011. Um, and in that year, uh, I had decided I really needed to come up with a creative way uh, to keep my summer income steady. And that's where the workshops started to come into play. Um, I started actually using curriculums that were already developed by other teachers. But then I started very quickly creating my own um, because I I wanted something that was very unique to my students and that I could offer them something that they couldn't really find anywhere else. Uh, So your motivation was, you know, for your slower times. Right, exactly. So, you know, my summer months here, June, July and August, um, you know, people go on vacation. And I had tried at first to keep, you know, lessons steady every week. But that was just, um, it was such a difficult process as a teacher to, you know, be bending over backwards, you know, rescheduling lessons with vacations. So I decided to start offering workshops as part of my summer um, schedule. And then, students could sign up for a workshop, you know, attend for an entire week. Um, And during that week, I was kind of making what I would normally make in a month tuition from them. And then they could sign up for, you know, private lessons, um, a few of them throughout the summer. Now, did you start with week-long workshops or did you start with something smaller? I started slightly smaller. I did 4-day workshops to begin with. Right. Um so I just chopped Friday off cuz I thought I'm going to need another day to recover. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and I did, you know, at first you do, it's like, whoa, that was an experience. Um so they were 4 days long and they were 2 hours a day. So these were not very long workshops.
0: Did you have any worries or anxieties about hosting these and running these or did you just kind of jump Um, in and go for it
1: I would say that I definitely had some reservations but I I knew that it was going to be willing you know it was going to be worth it in in the long run so um I thought you know I think it's natural to get a little bit nervous about anything that involves a creative process like this right there are there's so many different things that you have to organize, um, and it's you know it's all about really making sure that you've got your checklist and you're making sure that things are done on time. Um, and I've had, you know, I'll be honest, I've had some workshops and camps that had disappointing signups. Right. Um, But looking back, I realize now that I'm I'm glad I went ahead and ran the camps anyway because it helped me develop my style. Um, it created like a foundation that I could build on throughout the years. So even though I didn't get maybe like that hundred percent that I was looking for, um, it helped me develop, um, some of my marketing materials. So Mm. I took pictures during those camps Mm. and workshops, and then I could use them in the next year to show people how much fun the kids were having. So it all worked out. Was it just your private students that participated or did you get other students to, to join in? That's a great question. So at first it was just my private students because I kind of wanted to feel things out. So for instance, um, like my, the first year that I did a vocal workshop, I actually collaborated with my sister, um, Jessica. Uh, she had just recently graduated with a music degree. And so I needed somebody to help me out because when you're doing a workshop with vocalists mm. um, and you have, let's say that you have six people in your workshop because that's what we had that year. Um, you need somebody else to help you out because you cannot run a master class and be behind the piano at the same time. Right, Yes. It, it's just too much to think about. So uh, my sister um, is a very accomplished pianist. She uh, did the accompaniment. Um, nice. and, and then we would kind of tag team with the, the masterclass uh, style um, in that. And it worked out really, really well.
0: Nice. Um, we,
1: but we just had opened it up to my private students only. Um, and then I thought, you know, I, I think it's time to take that next step. And then the following year, I started advertising outside of my studio, which was a total game changer. Really? So let's talk about that. So how did you promote your your workshops? So after having that first year under my belt, um, and I had some pictures of students performing, um, you know, doing group warm ups and things like that, I had things that I could use to advertise. Ooh. And I also had six students who had done this workshop really enjoyed it. Um, and they were able to talk to their friends about Mm. it. Yes. Um, and so I started advertising outside of my studio and that has been a really interesting, um, process to learn what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, you don't want to have to spend a ton of money if you're a private teacher and it's just you. um, You don't want to have to spend a ton of money advertising for your workshops. So you have to become creative and think about ways to do it that are either free or cheap, or if you're going to go for the more expensive, you know, kind of thing, something that's multitasking. That's not just advertising your workshop, but advertising your entire studio. Right, right. So you're getting more bang for your buck. Oh absolutely. Did you pay for
0: some some advertising?
1: I did. Um, my fav- one of my favorite ways to advertise is to um, buy space in high school musical programs. I love that idea. So you're su- <laughs>
0: you're supporting the kids and in turn, you know, you're advertising. I think that's brilliant. This is
1: your ideal target audience. Right. Um, if you're doing a musical theater workshop, You want to get your stuff out in front of people who love musical theater. And what better way to do that than to buy some ad space? Um, And it just it's a really great way to support your kids, like you just said. Oh, that's great. What a great idea. And that was successful. Like you you got
0: good return on that investment?
1: I did. Um, And that's one thing teachers need to think about. When you advertise outside of your studio and you're trying to bring people in, Um, when they do call you or they email you, um, you need to ask them, always remember to ask them, how did you hear about this? Oh, yes. Right. Um, and I actually kind of forgot to do that the first couple of years, you know, people would call and, and, you know, I, I'd get their information down and then I'd go, Oh, I have no idea how this person found out about me. (laughs) But (laughs) that's, That's all part of the learning process, right? Oh, yeah. Now I have that as part of my registration form. Mm. So not only, you know, do I ask people, but I have it in writing um, because, you know, I may ask them and then totally forget. Um, Right. So what is your year like? Like, when do you start organizing and planning and putting up registration for your workshops? Okay. So this is where um, I think I'm starting to perfect my... um, you know, my style here. Okay. Um, I start my, my step number one. First, I start talking to my students. Mm. Um, you have to feel them out, ask them what they liked about previous workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're really brave, you can ask them what they didn't like. You don't always have to go down that road. You know, <laughs> that can be a scary road. Right. Uh, now I like to start doing this in January um, and possibly even in December. I know that seems super early, but this is just, you know, saying, hey, you know, so I was thinking about the summer workshops this year. Let's talk about what we did last year. You know, what did you like about what we what we did? What would you like to see more of? So the planning starts that early. Yeah, just the initial, you know, trying to put a bug in their ear. And then after after you start talking to them about that, um, you – now, this is difficult because it's still January. It's early in the year. Um, You need to kind of feel out some of your most committed students Mm -hmm. to see when they're going to be available during the summer.
0: So you actually book your
1: workshops around – Like their vacations? I try to. Um, You're never going to be able to please everybody. Right. Um, But when I have students who have been doing the workshops like almost every year since I started them, um, I really want them to be included because those are the students that have a tendency to advertise for you and they're going to talk up your your camps. Um, So you kind of want to make sure that they're able to attend. So you have really with your students, you have your own team of marketing people. Yeah, it's wonderful. They they don't really know that they're doing this, but...
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Now, so you start planning December, January. When do you get your materials out, your promotional
1: materials? That's a great question. So as soon, like after you talk to your students and and you try to feel out when you need to do this, then you have to book your venue. Um, and that can, now not everybody's going to need to book a venue. Uh, You may have a studio that is large enough that you can accommodate a group of six to 10 students, or maybe you, you only want to do four to six. Um, you may need to book a venue for a performance though. Mm. If you're going to have a final performance, book that venue, um, And you you may have to be a little bit flexible about it. I had a ton of trouble booking my venue this year. I was freaking out in in February. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Did did you get it all worked out? I did get it all worked out. But I definitely had to put it during a week that, you know, actually made it kind of difficult for me this year. I have workshops that are now back to back. Now, imagine
0: if had you not been ahead of the game and booking uh, in February, if you had waited
1: Till oh, yes. April,
0: like that would have been a nightmare.
1: It would have been a nightmare. And I probably would not have been able to do, um, the vocal camp this year. So that's why I get out there and, you know, <laughs> start asking really quickly. Yeah. Um, so you asked about the marketing materials. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. So let's say it's in February. Now you've got your venue booked. Um, you want to start simple. They, you don't have to actually have everything done all at once. Um, I like to s- tell people that I will start, um, signups in mid-March. Okay. But leading up to that, I like to start creating chatter. Um, mm. so you make a really cool looking image, um, that you can send out via email to your studio, um, start getting people excited, just tell them the dates and the times, um, and just, you know, kind of wet their appetite a little bit. So- what
0: program do you use to create these images?
1: I used to use um, Photoshop, and there's like a couple other programs out there that are free. There's a, there's a program called GIMP, G-I-M-P, and that's mm-hmm. like a Photoshop version, um, but it's, it's not extremely user-friendly. Okay. So a couple years ago when I found out about Canva.com, so Canva is this online platform that you use. Um, and actually, I think that they came out with an app for iPad um, now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just go, you know, I use my desktop to use it. And you create an account there and you can, they have all these wonderful um Oh, layouts. Mm-hmm. So everything, you, everything is sized correctly for, you know, Facebook ads, cover photos, posters, um, Twitter accounts, email headers. They have thought of
0: everything. So you, you start getting the chatter in, in February. You, you design a, a little uh, like a, a promotional little image and you send mm-hmm. it out. Um, when do you set up deadlines? Like when is your when is your cutoff?
1: that's a good point. Now, um, one more thing about the, uh, Canva just real quick. I, cause I I just discovered this last month and I'm really excited. Um, they have this new option now for business accounts. Mm, Yes. And and I just started using it this year and it actually saved me a ton of time formatting my images. Mm. Um, now it's, like $13 a month, I think for a business account there. Right. But they, they give you this, uh, I think it's called magic resize. Oh. And so you can create an image. Let's say that you just created like a social media image. That's like a the, the square type that you get for Instagram right. or something. Um, and then you do a magic resize on that and you select all of the different formats that you want to use. Right. And it will then, cr- you know, resize the image um and the elements inside of it oh that would save you tons of time lots of time now you do have to kind of tweak it and and change things Um, but that is just an option out there for people who might um want to save a little bit of time if you're going to do a ton of social media social media advertising and you're going to hit you know all the different um formats that are out there that's something you might want to consider that's a great tip. Thank you very much for that.
0: So uh, let's go back to uh, so your deadlines. When do you when do you put the deadline dates in? When do you need to know your numbers?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So let's see. So I like to start my registration in March. Um, I started around March twentieth this year, um, Mm -hmm. because that is when in my area, a lot of the high schools have their musicals.
0: Oh, so you time at the same time the musicals come out.
1: Right. Because if you have that ad in a program, um, and somebody calls you because they see, you know, that you're doing a a vocal workshop or something, um, you want to be able to send them the registration forms right away. Mm. Yeah. You got to be ready for the inquiries. Absolutely. So I start the registration, you know, mid-March and I like to set a um, kind of a false deadline is what I'd like to call it. Um, I do early bird registration specials because I am a planner and I remember the first year, you know, people were still signing up in like mid June. So I hadn't, uh, yeah, it gave me so much anxiety. I hadn't met my numbers yet. Right. Um, so I didn't know what to plan for. Um, I have found that doing like an early bird kind of incentive and it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, it can be like a 5% discount even. Okay. Okay. Five to 10%, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on your pricing or maybe you want to offer free T-shirts, um, which is really just a form of advertising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once you do the early bird registration, so actually my early bird registration ends tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. And so mid-April. Right, right. Now, I'm looking at my camps right now, and I have already met the num- like my minimum numbers, and I've actually exceeded that in, I think, all of the camps this year. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Now, I still have lots of space left. So I'm hoping to max out this year. So I'm going to change my advertising um, and and hit the advertising in May again to get the people, you know, saying, hey, there are five spots left in this in this camp. You don't want to miss out. Check all the thing. you know, check out all these things we did last year.
0: Now, how is how's the uh, uh, response been to your workshop? uh, Like in the last couple of years, have you how, how have they been doing?
1: They've been doing really well. Um, I, I've changed the format quite a bit. So when I started with um, doing them with my sister, um, I do them differently every year too. I get bored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I do these workshops is so that I can grow as a voice teacher nice. um, and that I can challenge myself to learn new things. I, you know, I've done different topics. Um, I did the Four-day-a-week format for two years. And then on year three, um, I decided to expand to five, uh, five days, still two hours. Right. Um, I started working with another person, um, Kevin, uh, who is just fabulous. He is my, my partner in crime for my voice workshops. Oh, <laughs> Shout nice. out to Kevin. Yeah, hi, him. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and um, last year, we... Did our very first twenty-five hour voice workshop? Five day, uh, five hours a day. Right. Uh, we did nine a.m. to two p.m. Oh wow! Uh, it, yeah, it was intense. Um, and so Kevin and I were the vocal um, instructors and also accompanists. Right. And then we brought in a yoga specialist. Ooh, very yoga nice. Yoga slash ballet. She's just fantastic. And uh, she taught the kids all about movement and breath. Oh, and, how wonderful. Oh, we had a really good time. Um, she taught them how to do uh, um where you make uh, kind of it, it, sounds that just come from within and how to layer them um, together. And I'll, I'll have to show uh, – I'll post on my blog – Um, the video that we made of that. It was so cool. Oh, I would love to see that. That's really interesting. (laughs) And the kids loved it. The kids absolutely loved it. So we were working on solo pieces. Everybody brought in a musical theater song. um, And, you know, we we worked on character development. Um, We were really pushing them to emote and Mm. to connect to their audience. Mm. Um, And then we had the movement part of camp. Um, and that was our first experience doing that setup. Right. And we had, um, so you had the 25 hours Monday through Friday. And then Friday evening, they came back at um, 7 o'clock for a 7 p.m. performance. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, but we are now in our second year right. of doing this format. And um, we've already exceeded the number that signed up last year fantastic. And this doesn't happen until July. Well, you know you have something great
0: <laughs> happening if if you're if people are, are signing up already. That's amazing. I really wish you were closer. Cause...
1: Yeah, we we could do the most amazing things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, right? I would send my students to that. That I would be like, "Just go see Sarah."
1: <laughs> it, it, we and we just have such a great time um and what's wonderful is that, you know, the students the best feedback that i've gotten is that almost every single person who signed up last year actually come to think of it i think no well i had a couple people age out so they're they're too old to attend gotcha. um, but all the students are coming back even some of the students who you know were kind of more on the quiet side you know
0: there's so many different types of uh, workshops that you can do camps and workshops that you can do um and you partnered with a colleague and you were part of an online course for music teachers who are interested in running camps and and workshop classes. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Sure
1: thing. Yes, um, I am working with Tracy Selly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the most wonderful teacher um, and educator, and oh. and just uh, she's just an inspirer. She she loves to inspire other teachers to grow and learn, and she had started doing these webinars, um, last August, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, her, her, um, her website, uh, tracyselly.com. And she's, she's the upbeat piano teacher. And I just, I love that. I like that. That's very nice. (laughs) We got involved in that. Um, you know, she had me come on as a guest, uh, expert talking about summer camps. And then we decided to create an entire webinar, about, um, you know, how to create summer camps, how to teach group lessons, Mm. um, you know, getting people's feet wet and trying to, you know, stretch a little bit.
0: So this course basically just gives everybody everything that they need to know.
1: Yes. um, We interviewed six different teachers, um, all of whom have been, you know, teaching uh, and and designing summer camps for years, wow. um, we and and actually some of them are uh, people who uh, they have I don't know how to 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 word this. Like for instance, we had one of our um, guests was Colleen Cole, who is actually the daughter of Myron Cole, who is a pioneer in. Um, group piano methods. Oh. She was one of the first, oh just amazing stuff, uh, one of the first people to um, develop a, a method series. Um, she actually started this in the 1980s. Mm. She was teaching group piano lessons back then, which wow. was totally unheard of. We you know we interviewed people, we, um, we asked them to you know come at it, from a perspective of somebody who might be just starting out Mm -hmm. Um, and they offer so many resources um, for free. So they would give, um, so every guest expert who came on created something for our webinar that, so you might have um, registration forms or um, things like photo release documents Mm. So the legal, Um, so you're talking like some of the legal requirements that teachers need to think about. Nice. Yeah, photo releases and, um, you know, uh, safety forms. It's another thing you have to think about. Um, You know, we talk about, you know, the insurance that you're going to have to have uh, for, you know, you need to be covered um, by some kind of liability insurance or an event insurance if you're taking it outside of your studio. Um, and they gave us list, you know, checklists of activities that have really worked for them. Uh, they've given camp plans. Like that's actually one of the things that I gave the group. I did, um, I created a, a 40 page. I think it's more like 60 page. It's, oh, wow. um, it's a camp plan that, that from beginning to end, that helps you run a piano camp. I'm going to put a link, uh,
0: on our podcast page to this, this online course. Um, so it's called group lessons, 101.
1: Yes. Okay. And
0: we're going to get a link. And then now I also, we were talking earlier and you have some really great little giveaways for everybody listening to the podcast as well. So I want you just to tell everybody about what you have for them and how it's going to help them plan these amazing workshop courses.
1: Okay, absolutely. So, um, the first first thing that I have is a registration form um, that you can download and that you can edit. So you can actually add your studio logo to the top or just your text on the top. You can add your pricing to it. It has everything that you need, um, you know, from, because you really want to make sure that you are covered. And I make sure to take these registration forms with me everywhere that I go for that camp. And then uh, Tracy came up with this marvelous checklist of things that you need to get done for planning summer camps. I love checklists. I do too. They just, they make your life feel really good when you (laughs) check those things off. (laughs) So we have a summer camp checklist um, to kind of help you get organized Um, and you know, it's not too late to start planning something for this year, even if you wanted to just kind of test the waters a bit and do a a single day, let's say you want to do like an audition workshop. That's a great idea. It, that was my very first topic and it was hugely popular. Mm. Um, so do an audition workshop, do a single day workshop and, you know, just go through that checklist, get everything that you need done. And at least you tried it out. Mm -hmm. and and you have um because you have that photo release form you're gonna take beautiful pictures of these students performing and then use them next year as part of your advertisements
0: that's a great tip do you have any other words of encouragement for teachers who are
1: are thinking about running a workshop but maybe they're not quite sure sure um you know a lot of people are kind of on the fence because they're they're nervous that things won't turn out or, um, that you're going to spend all this time doing stuff and, and it won't happen. Um, so I think you need to just be a little brave here. Mm -hmm. Um, make sure, uh, that you are clear with people about your expectations when you, when you field inquiries and things like that. Um, if you want to avoid, you know, some issues, um, if you feel that a student is not going to be a very good fit, I, I'm not talking just somebody who might be a little nervous about singing in front of others. That's fine. That's what that workshop's for. Right. But if you get a feeling, trust your gut. And, um, you know, because one bad apple can really spoil the bunch. Is that how that yeah, no, you're right. So have you had experience with that? Did that happen? or It did. It's only happened once um, in, in the five years that I've been doing workshops. Um, but it was kind of devastating to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it kind of cast a shadow over that workshop. Right. Um, because the, the student was not kind to other people. Oh, dear. Yeah, it was terrible and, and not respectful of me. So, um, I've learned to kind of go through a vetting process when you're talking to people, make sure that, um, you know, that you just make your expectations clear. That's all it, you know, it right. is. I have another question about the
0: bad student.
1: Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, cause this could happen, right? Um, yeah. did you, did you ask them to leave or did you endure them for the whole workshop?
1: Um, well, it was kind of funny, um, they actually didn't show up to a couple of days, oh. um, so they. I didn't have to ask them to leave. Um, I did voice a little bit of concern to the parent, um, and it seemed like on the last day, you know, attitudes were a little bit better, so that was good, um, but that was a lot of unneeded stress.
0: Right. Thank you for bringing that up, because I think that, you know... Uh, it doesn't matter how prepared you are or how organized you are those kind of situations can arise and you have to know how to best deal with them Absolutely. so any other words of encouragement or suggestions for teachers looking yes, to do something yes i
1: have i have a couple of points that i wish i had known when i oh first started i like that this. i love it okay <laughs> so um you know don't be like me one <laughs> keep detailed records of every year I actually now have folders for every workshop that I've ever done in every year Um, because you're going to want to look back at documents that you've created. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't just always edit documents, Mm. keep them as an original and then recreate, you know, create them in a new file name. Mm. Um, So that's step number one. Um, And then number two would be to learn to present a confident face One of the biggest things that I've seen, and because I work with these teachers now um, through Group Lessons 101, and one of the biggest things that I've seen um, is teachers who had a hard time getting students to sign up. They kind of, um, they didn't present that confidence that people want to hear from you when you're trying to sell them something Mm, because that's what you're, you know, you were, you want them to sign up for something that's going to be super fun. Um, that's going to be really exciting. It's going to be educational. It's going to be an experience that hopefully, you know, they'll remember for years. Right. If you come to your students and you're saying like, Oh, well, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this workshop and I hope that you might consider doing it. You know, they might not sign up because you don't sound very confident. Right.
0: Well, you have to be crazy enthusiastic. and Oh, yes. Yeah. There's so much stuff for, for young kids to do in the summer. And so you have to be crazy excited about your program and you got to make them excited.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up a good point. There's a lot of stuff going on. So if you know, you know, back to scheduling for just a brief second. Yeah, If you know that there is an event that's that. Your students are involved in, you just X those weeks out on your calendar and avoid them completely. That's a good point. Yes. I think it's good too if you're collaborating
0: with other teachers, you might, and they're also doing workshops. You might want yes. to just double check that you're not stepping oh, on anybody's toes.
1: Absolutely, that that's the that's the last thing you want to do is to be competing with another colleague when you could have shifted over one week, and then you know students could go to both of the events. Right. I have to do that with uh, with the karate school at the end of my street because oh. because
0: the, the the majority of my students are are they also are martial arts mm-hmm. students so. I don't run any camps or special activities when the karate school has their their karate camps, because I would have none of my students.
1: <laughs> yes, you'd be competing, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and you and you might lose out. Right, uh, Sarah.
0: Campbell. I really wish you lived closer. <laughs> uh, I told my husband that um, I have a twin sister. She lives in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have some wonderful ideas. I love how tech savvy you are. And thank you for those tips uh, about uh, canva.com. And um, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about the group lessons. So, uh, so group lessons 101. I'm going to put a link to To the website for anybody that's interested in this fantastic and resource heavy uh, webinar course. So it's an online course with uh, and you said there were six professionals that contributed to this course.
1: Right, and that's not counting myself and oh, Tracy. So oh, there's so actually there's eight. eight of us. Okay, yes. so there's
0: eight of you. That so eight <laughs> professional uh, educators offering their expertise. This this sounds amazing. And I
1: think we have something uh, upwards of um, almost eight hours worth of videos. You can wow. watch them at your own pace. Um, and you know, I I am offering a coupon. <gasps> For our full voice listeners. Oh,
0: okay. Give us the coupon. This is exciting. So
1: the code is FV, like full voice, Mm -hmm. um, FV group 15. Oh, wonderful. You get 15% off um, your registration and uh, you can just enter that coupon code when you check out. So
0: I'll put that code on our website as well for anybody wanting to check out the group Lessons 101. And uh, again, Sarah, this has been just a learning experience for me as well. You've got some really great ideas, and and I love how your, your workshops have grown and improved, and you've learned from your mistakes. I love that. So thank you for sharing uh, uh, all of that with us. You also do workshops and, and presentations on being a music entrepreneur.
1: I do. I actually just did one at a local college this weekend. um, And it was really great. I would love to have you come back.
0: And I would love for you to talk all about that.
1: Oh, I would really enjoy that. It's one of my favorite topics. I I just I love to help other teachers become successful with their career. Um, If you want to make it full time as uh, a music, you know, a private music teacher, it is entirely possible. Well, Sarah, thank you
0: so much for your time today and for all this wonderful information. Uh, If people visit our website, we'll have the coupon codes uh, for the online courses, as well as your wonderful, um, uh, your freebie, your registration form that people can use and and they can customize for their own needs. And I want to wish you
1: all the best (laughs) on your workshops this year. Well, thank you. You know, and. So uh, people can, you know, feel free to reach out to me too. If anybody's listening and they have questions, um, you can look up the voice teachers community on Facebook. Mm. Um, you can find me there. Um, you can find me at, uh, you know, in my blog, sarahsmusicstudio.com on my blog there. I, I try to blog about, you know, voice and piano lessons. And if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me through there too. That is so
0: wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck to you and all your students this summer. And thank oh, you. also, I know that your recital is coming up. This <laughs> It's this weekend, right?
1: It is. It's this weekend. It's on Sunday. So we are in final preparation mode. Uh, I think every teacher listening
0: is completely sympathetic to what you are going through as we all know how stressful recitals are so good luck to your students at the recital you and I will connect again in the future uh, we have lots of other things that we can talk about but uh, wishing you and your students all the best thanks so much Sarah thanks for having me Nikki this was great So there you have it. Sarah, thank you so much for a wonderful interview. So before I say goodbye, I just wanted to let everyone know that Group Lessons 101 registration uh, closes on May 15th, 2016. So if you're going to take advantage, and I know you're going to take advantage of the discount code, that will expire on May 14th, 2016. So check out the Group Lessons 101. All of the details are on our podcast page. And uh, thank you for listening to me today. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. May my canoe music. Canoe music.ca. All right. Okay. And I got my questions. Okay, so ready? I okay. am ready. My, you know, my cat.
1: And as you said that, my cat literally just walked. Up
0: I know, to right? Cats—they're <laughs> like, oh, a podcast. Hey, can I get involved? <laughs>